We are investors of real estate, not managers of real estate. That's an important distinction and a lot of people miss it. So it's one thing to manage a property to get the experience. I think that's great. And in fact, we have a best-selling book called Military House Hacking. And we talk about owner-occupied situations where it makes sense. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. This is the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth by investing in real property, investing in real estate. Today, our guest is Eric Upchurch from the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, Ecosystem, Facebook Group, and everything else. They sure have a lot of content out there. And today, we're talking about what military service members can do, whether active duty or veterans, to invest in real estate, to lever- leverage some advantages that they have because they get moved around a lot, right? But they also have access to VA loans and training about leadership and building teams. And you, they can turn that all into advantages to build wealth with real estate. So we're talking about that today. We talk about some mistakes that Eric made along the way, lessons that he learned that you can learn if you are an active duty or veteran service member who wants to invest in real estate. How can you do that? Well, you're going to learn about that today from Eric Upchurch. If you're an Apple Podcast user and you enjoy listening to the show, please take a quick second, leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us grow in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good because I get to see that you guys are engaging with the content and escaping the Wall Street Casino along with us. If you haven't yet, no matter what podcast app you're using, go to that app, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. This isn't something that is really talked about much, building wealth for service members using real estate and taking advantage really of the situation that they have, turning that into a positive. How can they use the financing, use the fact that they get trained in leadership and team building and the fact that they get moved around a lot? How can you turn that into an advantage for building wealth? Something to think about because you can. Without any further ado, here we go with Eric Upchurch. Eric, thank you for joining us today. I'm uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Taylor. Nice to be on. It's been a great pleasure talking with you so far. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot out of what you have to teach us. For those out there who don't know about you and your business, can you give us an intro to yourself and Active Duty Passive Income? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Eric Upchurch, one of the co-founders of Active Duty Passive Income, known as ADPI. Um, we are the intersection of uh, military and real estate investing. So I, I started out... Uh, as most military members do, kind of uh, fell into real estate investing by buying a house first, and and that you know obviously while I was serving with the VA loan, when I got out of the service, I moved to back to the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area where my wife's from, and we had to end up renting that house out. From there, we uh, started getting into real estate in all kinds of different ways, which we can dive into a little bit. But uh, ultimately, I'm just a regular guy from Iowa. Uh, married with two kids uh, and trying to piece things together the best way I knew how and uh, tried a lot of different things. I was bold enough to try a lot of different strategies. Some worked, some didn't and found my niche. And now we've created an amazing community that's serving the uh, military community. 
That's great. Great. And you know, one of the things that really interests me about the folks who move and rent out the house they owned yeah. and ultimately, you know, you kind of have two ways you could go. You could say, that's going to be my last rental. I'm selling it. That was terrible. Or you can say, I want more of this. And you went the, I want more of this route. Why did you make that decision and decide to continue down, you know, going with real estate rather than I'm sick of being a landlord and I don't want yeah. to do it again? I made that decision because I realized I could help other people buy right. Uh, when I went into the military after college, I chose to be enlisted uh, versus most people would be an officer. Um, but I chose to be enlisted for two reasons. One, it paid off all of my college debt. And two, I knew that I was an influencer of people. I knew that I liked to lead people since the time I was 12 years old working in the cornfields in Iowa. And so through that kind of understanding of myself uh, at a younger age in my early 20s, you know, I really realized that if I have a, a, an experience I can share, even if it's reading a book and dissecting it and digesting it into something that's more consumable and easy to explain, I, I really love that process. And I didn't choose that. That kind of chose me and I recognize that. So uh, same with a rental property. When I bought a property, 100% leverage. I was actually in Iraq when I when I signed the the loan docs uh, with my wife stateside, and uh, we realized it was it was cash flowing when we moved out and rented it because it was 100% leverage. In 2006, we purchased it. Great time to be 100% leveraged on a yeah, single right. family property, right? <laughs> so uh, we knew it would rent out, and we cash flowed about $80 a month. Which, when the air conditioning unit breaks, you know, eats up a whole you know year's worth of cash flow, if you want to call it even cash flow at that point. But we realized we didn't buy right, and so now with active duty passive income, we have you know a mortgage company, we have a nationwide network of real estate agents, and that we we require uh, in education, of course, but we require them to be educated on how to teach military members as they move around to not do what we did, which was to buy wrong, to buy. As a with you know as a, a military member with, with the primary residence on my mind, you have to consider. And what we we recognize is that in the military, you must consider the fact that your property now, your primary residence, will likely become a future rental property um, because you might PCS or permanent change of station or deploy or whatever it is in two months after you get to a duty station or six months or a year or two years. Either way, you don't know what your life is going to look like in the short, mid or long-term future ahead of you. So you got to be ready for it. So the key was buying right. Had I bought that property right, I would have been better prepared for cash flow in the future. And so now we go out and we tell everyone, look, here's how to buy right. Here's how to calculate it. Here's how to find it. And by the way, we have an agent in your neighborhood. We have a lender that can service you in your state. And we'll make sure that you understand how to buy that, looking at it as a future potential rental, even if you're living in it now. Well, that's great. And you know, I, th I think a lot of folks don't realize how inconvenient or, or how frequent that can be. And also, yeah. you know, when folks get out of the service, it's not like it's a, it's a high earning profession in the first place. You have, you have pretty good benefits, but you're not, uh, you know, most folks aren't ready to retire right when they get out. So building nope. some passive wealth or passive income is really just as beneficial as it is for anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, imagine my shock when I left service as a, a staff sergeant in the army, making $46,000 a year, moving back to the San Francisco Bay area and having to buy a house that's $500,000, you know, um, a little bit of a shock. Uh, thankfully I had a good W2, which I still have to this day that could make that work. But, you know, 
I wasn't prepared for a 20% de- for a hundred thousand dollar down payment. I thankfully was out of <laughs> debt, but you know, not a lot of people have a hundred grand sitting around at, at 25 or 30 years old. Right. So FHA is your option or thankfully in my case, VA was, was an amazing asset to me at that time. So what do you think it is that helps some folks be successful in this space and others not? I mean, there's kind of two options, right? You succeed or you fail and whatever you do. What do you think drives that? Yeah, it's it's got to be deep-rooted why. You've got to have something that kicks your butt every day to get up and want to do it. And then consistency. You fail, you got to get back up. You got to figure out what you got what you got wrong, what you got right, and then put what you got right back to work. So consistency over time and willingness to act is going to get is is really what separates, in my opinion, the people who succeed and the people who don't. And you know, another part of it is you hear people complaining about a failure or complaining about coaching results not working or something, you know, the the people you have to be coachable. So there's so many people out there thinking, well, I can do it because I can Google it and I can figure it out. Well, okay, but are you willing to join a team or participate on a team or learn from a team? If you're not coachable, it's really hard to work with somebody like that, number one. But number two, you're likely, you're less likely to succeed because you won't listen to others. You won't listen to even a real estate agent, a professional or a property manager or a broker. You've got to be able to take information in and put it to use based on other people's experience as well. Do you want direct access to passive commercial real estate investments, including apartments, self-storage, medical facilities, hotels, and even more, CrowdStreet has you covered. They provide access to a wide variety of commercial real estate syndications for accredited investors. Over 520 deals have been closed through the platform, and investors have placed over $2.1 billion, that's billion with a B, in those deals. Go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started, or click the link in the show notes. See the CrowdStreet platform for full terms and conditions of what they offer. Once again, that's PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started. Hmm. And that that idea of the why in particular is one that really uh, fascinates me in this space. And you know, I've, I've observed both in myself and in watching others who've started investing in real estate around the same time as me that those who had a really driving inner why seem to be the ones who are progressing the fastest and are achieving really what they wanted the fastest because they have something propelling them forward and and helping them commit to taking those daily actions. Absolutely. You have to have a why. You have to have a, not just a why. I mean, you you hear people say, what's your why? And, and the most answers as well, my family, I want to create generational wealth and legacy and and uh, you know, then you could say, well, why is that important to you? And then they can say the answer and they say, well, why, what about that? Why? And if you ask yourself why, seven layers deep, right? Uh, I didn't come up with that, but just keep on asking why to someone, ask someone else or ask yourself. Um, you really start to hone in on the emotion behind it, and that's that's the critical piece. Is it's not just money. It, you know, I have an ambitious goal to end veteran homelessness this decade. Awesome. And in order to do that, I need to give away a million dollars a year. In order to do that, I need to do this one fundraiser to raise 500,000. And in order to do that, I had to talk to this person. So it's, 
it's a passion and intent and a deep rooted why. And and my deep rooted why, just so your listeners know that I'm not full of it. uh, I do these things for the memory and pride of those who've gone before me for they love to fight, fought to win and would rather die than quit. So I buried a lot of my friends in the military, uh, saw a lot pass. They still continue to pass from PTSD and, and some other things. So I think for someone who is motivated to want more, if you find your deep-rooted why and realize that as long as you're breathing, you have purpose, you can have the motivation to go out and try again when you fail. Wow. That's heavy. It's At the risk, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. At the risk of uh, potentially making a hard shift, um, we're talking about, you know, earlier we were talking about buying a single family and, and you're going to be, if you're in the military, probably forced to move at some point and rather than sell it or something, rent it out. But from my perspective, I have a, a resource on my site, the six ways to escape the Wall Street casino and invest in real estate. And one of those things I actually don't recommend people do is go buy the single family up the street because you're going to try unless you do it, you know, in a, in a certain way, you're going to try to manage it yourself. You're going to try to do all that work yourself. You're not going to build a team. Mm. And I think one of the things you emphasize is building teams. So that's great. I would certainly encourage that. Can we talk about that a bit and building yeah. teams around acquiring these single families that you're going to be moving out of and turning yeah. into rentals? Yeah, it's imperative. We are investors of real estate, not managers of real estate. That's an important distinction and a lot of people miss it. So it's one thing to manage a property to get the experience. I think that's great. And in fact, we have a best-selling book called Military House Hacking. And we talk about owner-occupied situations where it makes sense. And in, in a lot of those cases, you are technically you know, managing the property. You might buy a fourplex with a VA. I mean, imagine this, buying a fourplex with a VA loan, no money out of pocket, no PMI, right? Uh, why wouldn't you do that? So you have three other tenants. You're living in one. It's an owner-occupied loan. And you have three other tenants that you're managing or recommend actually hiring a property management company. Nobody needs to know that you own the fourplex, right? So absolutely, 100% of the time, you are underwriting, running the numbers for property management and for all of the professionals that you need to occupy. You have your internal team when you scale up and you need, you know, if you're buying multifamily and and other assets, you're going to need a larger internal team. But the importance of having an external team that you know and trust, again, these are the these are the trusted professionals that I talked about earlier. You've got to have a lawyer on your side. I'm not talking about like on retainer and you know expensive <laughs> this. Like everyone's like, oh, you gotta have a lawyer. No, you you need a lawyer for your to evaluate your your purchase and sale agreement to make sure that any document you get isn't some scam. I mean, so spend a couple hundred bucks here and there to have have your documents reviewed. A lawyer is an essential external team member you need. Property managers, they're the pros. We have property managers going out to uh, properties that we're looking to buy in the multifamily space before we step foot on ground. Before we spend a dime, they will go out there because they could potentially be earning our business. They will spend their money and time to go out there and and give us a rough analysis of what they think of the property. You've got to have those the ability to build an external team. The internal team is, is different, but just as important. But if you're not willing to build a team, you're gonna you're gonna stagnate. You're gonna sit there and and be wondering why you're not growing at the pace that someone else is is growing. So, oh, absolutely. I have a, a I guess that's another thing I was observed in 
observed in my experience. Now, this idea of an internal versus an external team, especially for someone who's a bit newer, newer, and they don't have the cash flow to maybe support, you know, somebody directly working for them internally, and they can only hire, say, third-party professionals. Who do you define as an internal team member? I mean, you've got business partners. Are we talking business partners or? I don't know, accountants or not right away. Yeah. My recommendation is uh, don't start a company with somebody that you haven't known for a long, long time. And also somebody you haven't worked with for a long, long time. You will only know if a relationship or a business partnership is going to work when you've ridden out the highs and the lows with that person. So um, additionally, you've got to know whether or not that person it complements your skill set. If if you, I mean, I've been in a partnership when we were fl- uh, flipping single family houses. One of my best friends, great guy, I've known for thirty years, uh, but we're the same person. Well, we we love doing the same things. We're not literally the same person. We love doing the same activities, and we hate doing the same activities. That's not the best partnership. So so you've got to be aware of of that type of thing. Um, but it, it's. I would not start an LLC just to be kind of generalized on the real estate side with somebody else unless you know how they act in those circumstances. So partner with them with your own LLCs and the deal has its own LLC, if that makes sense. So you're kind of structuring it more of like an umbrella. So as you are your own and together you're in this one deal, but you can go off and do your own deals and feel it out and see how it works. And you're not tethered together. And then eventually if you need to, or you want to, you can bring people in house. Now, without even thinking about the legal asset protection side of the house, just in general, you you just maybe that complicated a little bit too much, but just think of it as like, you want to get to, you want to date somebody and then get to the point where you're going to like propose to them before you actually start a business with them. You can do business, technically business. You can work with somebody and do do deals without having a, an internal organization that is, you know, your, your side-by-side 50-50 partners in an LLC or whatever. Yeah. So unwinding, Unwinding deals or just deciding no longer to do deals together while you're still separate is a lot less complicated than unwinding a company. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own and the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called Ground Floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started. 
or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor, or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Eric, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I think so. Uh, sure. I'm sure you are. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? And other than the one I haven't made yet, right? Oh, or that. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> say uh, other than that. Too. Um, I've got two uh, right now I think are pretty amazing. Um, well, let me give you two examples uh, because there's a lot, they're more like strategies that I love. One was live in flipping. Uh, if this pertains to anyone who's getting started, all you need is a little situational awareness, uh, buy your house, right? Live in it. I have a wife and two kids towing them around and, and, uh, forcing appreciation on a property, selling it for more. Uh, after two years and one day, you do not owe capital gains tax on that property. That's a great way to build a little bit of capital. If that's And I've made a lot of money doing that uh, when I was getting started, just because we were looking around at the neighborhoods and where should we buy? And man, we could fix this up. Let's do it. You got to have a very supportive spouse <laughs> in order to do that. And flexible children who are okay with doing that stuff. But then right now in the multifamily space, we've got two deals that we're looking to go full cycle on. And we've owned about 18 months. One is a mobile home park we bought for 995000 and it's worth $2.5 million right now. Awesome. Um, we've done a great job on that. And uh, 80 unit asset, um, multifamily asset that we bought for three and a quarter and is worth almost six now. So... Uh, our investors are going to be very happy with that. And um, those technically, we have. I couldn't say that they're my best deal yet because they're not closed, but I'm really excited about that in the next uh, few months as they uh, get wrapped up. Nice. I like that. Well, we had the best investment or the best investments. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the yeah. worst investment you ever made? Uh, I've had a couple bad ones. Uh, one because of money and one because of feeling. The money one... I invested my, with my self-directed IRA. I invested in uh, first trust deed on a new development in San Luis Obispo, California. Um, great location, but and nothing this guy could have done better maybe, but he, well, that was kind of mean. He died. Oh, Nothing his company could have done differently. The, the owner of the company died. And so little bit of a weird one uh lost some money on that on that uh deal my ira lost some money so but that's a long-term investment for me i'm okay with it L lesson learned i should have done a little bit more due diligence i guess uh, i can't really hook up a heart monitor to the owner of a company i guess but <laughs> anyway uh and then the other one the emotional or feeling type of uh investment is tax liens i've lost money on tax liens i've, hmm. I've gained a little bit but i'm glad i tried it but i just hate it i it's not for me i don't like it at all why is that? I mean, is it having Too to sit slow, around? Lack of control. I don't know what's going on. Partially, I have to take some responsibility for it as lack of education on how to do it, why to do it. It was one of the first things that I I dabbled with when I was getting started, and you know what dabbling can do, right? It's not <laughs> not not great in in, uh, in any industry. I think that first one in particular is very important because there are a lot of folks investing in syndications where they might have one key man running the operation. Yeah. And what what happens if that guy dies? What's your yeah. succession plan? Yep. That's a great point. And I didn't know enough about investing to even ask those questions. So, Well, now you do. And now our listeners do. So at least some good uh, came out of it. Yeah. 
My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? Uh, definitely the success formula. My success formula is um, important to me. It's tried and true. And I think it applies to everyone in every industry. Here it is. So learn all you can. You can do that in tons of different mediums, um, but you've got to get educated enough to know the language of whatever you're doing. We're talking about real estate today. So learn the language of real estate investing so you can speak intelligently on it. Network your butt off. You've got to get out there and let people know who you are and what you do and what your ambitions are and what value you can add. That leads to the third one, add value to people. When you're networking, you need to figure out what people's problems are and figure out a way to solve them. If it's just connecting a buyer to a seller and a seller to a buyer, then you can be an intermediary and add a ton of value just by connecting the two. That's one small example, but add value in whatever makes you uniquely tick with your superpower or whatever you want to call it. Fourth one is take action. If you don't take action, you're not going to succeed. You, you won't make any progress. That's period. Everyone kind of understands that, but it's critical. The rest of them don't even matter if you don't take action. So learn, network, add value, take action. If you do those four things with the intention to be only 1% better daily, success will hunt you down. I promise you that. Be consistent. Success will find you if you do those four things. Awesome. I love that. And Eric, Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for being a force for good out there doing so many awesome things in for our, our society, our service members, and for fellow investors. If folks want to reach out, if they want to find you on the internet or get in touch or any of that, where can they track you down? They can uh, get a hold of me on Facebook. You'll see my face. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Real Eric Upchurch. Our company is Active Duty Passive Income. We're all over there. If you know any military members, our Facebook group is... 30 plus thousand members and growing by 10% a month and a vast network of resources. So send them there. Awesome. I love that. And I'm sure, you know, by the time folks listen to this, you're going to be well past 40,000, maybe even 50,000. So can I, you know, keep, keep growing. Thank you once again for joining us today to everybody out there. Thank you for tuning for tuning in. I am a mush mouth today. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. If you do enjoy the show and you're an Apple podcast user, please take a quick second. Leave us a rating or review five stars if you don't mind. That helps us rank higher in the Apple podcast ecosystem. That helps other people learn about the show. And I'm always honest with you guys, that helps me feel good because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.